Let Hooper take a turn. Hooper drives the boat, Chief. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net Minor League Baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about the single A Clearwater Threshers. Later on in this episode, I will welcome back to the podcast Jason Klein of the design firm Brandios. I'll be speaking with Ranger Amy Burnett live from Clearwater, Florida, just for a few minutes. And shark enthusiast slash expert Carrie Burnett will be here to talk about thresher sharks and other kinds of sharks. Right now, I am so pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Clearwater Threshers, Jason Adams. Jason, how are you doing? Excellent, Paul. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, uh, very appreciative to to be able to chat about the Threshers and and the logo. I'm a kind of a logo junkie as well. Maybe not to 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 yours. Uh, just looking and seeing some of those hats there, but uh, pretty pretty close. I am a Phillies fan, so this is a a special treat for me to feature the Threshers on on the uh, on the podcast here. This is a, a nickname that I was sort of startled when I realized it's been around since 2004. This name has has had a certain amount of staying power, and 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 not just the name, but the the logo itself has remained unchanged since 2004. That's an eternity in minor league baseball. Can you tell me why it was? I mean, there's a lot of different sharks, and as you mentioned, there are some other teams with uh, shark logos just across the state from you. You have the the Jupiter Hammerheads, of course. Why? threshers instead of any other shark so i think back um in some of the early uh research stage uh i think they either jason or someone in that program uh, or the in the group came across that uh that the thresher shark was uh in the gulf of mexico i think it's more prevalent maybe northeast part of the country but and it's a unique shark uh it's i think the only shark that uh basically paralyzes its prey with its tail and then attacks so it was a unique kind of backstory it's a different type of shark it's not just the the jaws coming at you and and eating you type of thing it's uh uh the, the, and that you can kind of see that distinguishing feature on the logo with that longer tail that the thresher shark has so i mentioned i'm a phillies fan uh, I was at Jack Russell Stadium in 1994 to see some spring training Phillies okay. action. Back then, the team was the Clearwater Phillies. I realize if I were really emphasizing my Philadelphia bona fides, I'd be calling it the Clearwater Phillies. Uh, but <laughs> I, I do have a T-shirt that says Clearwater uh, on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we see uh, a lot of those. In I'll bet. Training. Yeah. I'll bet that you do. The, but, you know, all of this is to, you know, in 2004, the team made, I think, a wise decision, even though I'm a Phillies fan, they made the wise decision to embrace a, a unique nickname. But the team still has a very close relationship with the the parent club, including the fact that the, that the Phillies themselves play spring training at the same ballpark where you play your regular seasons. How important is that relationship with the Phillies to the team and, and for branding purposes, you know, how, how closely tied are the threshers to the Phillies? Sure. No, that's, that's great. Uh, you know, for us, it's, it's a little different because we, you know, we're all Phillies employees working as threshers employees as well. So it's a different kind of atmosphere and a, a, maybe a closer connection 
uh, internally as well with some of the player development side uh, on the on kind of the branding side. You know, we make sure to, to include some of those color elements and schemes uh, that are consistent uh, with with the, the Phillies uh, red, especially. And uh, as 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 they go through the organization, there's other opportunities to, to stay in that color scheme. But, uh, you know, you referenced uh, Jack Russell and back when I had more hair and I was working <laughs> with Jack Russell and we would get people calling in june saying i thought i thought the phillies only were there for spring training and like well you know and and it happened more than you could even imagine that they thought it was the major league phillies so going through that process it was it was a thoughtful it was a chance we were moving into a new facility uh to rebrand and kind of we we didn't want to separate but provide that identity that uh Yes, we are still um, Phillies, but this is the Threshers, uh, and, and really lock into that that uh, hyper local community service that we lock is is a main uh, cog in what we do. Um, and we still, yeah, was do, uh, just last week we did a an Alec Bohm bobblehead. So we <laughs> with his with his Threshers uh, union. I hope the Alec Bohm bobblehead had that uh, fanatic bandana that he likes to wear <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the long hair. He uh, had shorter hair with the, when he was with the Threshers. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> when this brand came out in 2004, it was really the very beginning of sort of the, the wacky era of minor league baseball. You know, there was, there were some wacky teams out there, but this is, you know, this brand came out right around the same time that say the Montgomery biscuits came out. And so it was right around that time. It's a more serious brand than many of them are in in minor league baseball. It's not a cartoon shark, right? Like it is a uh, a more serious looking shark, and it really accentuates that long tail. And obviously, I'll I'll talk to Jason about that later on in this episode. But the the team has stuck with that that more serious look uh, for a minor league baseball team. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think as we were kind of transitioning, uh, a lot of our Clearwater community was a an older fan base, um, uh, especially season ticket holder base that uh, were I would say more traditional. Uh, mm-hmm. So we didn't want to go quite uh, that to the extreme of some of the examples that you had mentioned, but we did want to use it to to update the colors uh, to to make okay. It's it's you know what what is going to make the players uh, you know proud to wear as well. What represents, you know, grit and toughness? A little bit of that as well. Um, and then, what other elements can we make it more cartoony and, and fun in the ballpark? So we we had fun with uh, our mascot Finley, who's a cartoony uh, version of the of the shark. That yeah, you know, he's he's known all around the the local Tampa Bay market now, just because we we do uh, push him out there everywhere. Well, and Philadelphia sports teams are known for our mascots, so uh, I can I can see Finley being being popular. One of the uh, outlets that you have given yourself as a team for sort of minor league baseball fun is this alternate brand. You you referenced it earlier. Uh, it was one of the nicknames that did not get selected in the name to team contest. It was it was a finalist but not selected. Is the is the Beach Dogs, and that is very definitely a cartoony fun you know dog in a beach shirt and a beach hat and and you know on a surfboard throwing a baseball 
that is that gives you the opportunity to have some sort of minor league baseball fun there. What was the thinking in in coming up with that alternate brand? So that uh, you know, as you referenced, uh, kind of the initial uh, rebrand, and it was one of the ones that we were really looking at closely. Uh, and unfortunately, at the time, the marks uh, were owned by uh, an apparel company. Oh, so it you know, the trademarking search and license, all that kind of came back like, nah, I can't really go that route. So at that time it disappeared as an option. Mm -hmm. uh, so then fast forward oh, almost 15 years later and and that, that, that company was long since gone and, and we had the opportunity to say, okay, well, it started off as like, well, let's, let's brand as like a what if night. What if we became the beach dogs instead? And uh, we we launched it kind of late. Uh, what was that? 2018. Uh, didn't quite. We wanted to do a little bit earlier. Uh, kind of sat down and planned. Okay, let's let's make this part of you know a monthly type of thing. So then did that uh, for the 2019 season, and really started tying in uh, some of our uh, charity partners that that work with with dogs as well. So now it's it's come all full scale to uh we do once a month the last friday home game uh we we take that beach dogs identity uh and then we partner with uh, a different charity each month uh to to wear raise awareness and dogs can come into the ballpark uh they buy a dog ticket which is just essentially a the 100 donation back to that charity of the night okay. so so we've had fun with that logo and kind of activating another uh, community partner as well or partners. So, uh, but it is, it's, it's a logo that definitely transcends this area. Um, mm -hmm. Our, our merch folks are shipping them out to the West coast frequently. Uh, so it is still a popular and it's one of those logos that it's, you could just wear it and it's not gaudy or it's not tying you into clear water. Like you mm -hmm. said, it's a, a dog on a surfboard with a baseball. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think some of the, the funness with that. So, and the colors are, are, they really pop as well. It is very, it's very beachy and it's sort of a departure. And it's uh, I always see these alternate logos as, almost like Halloween for minor league baseball teams where, you know, it's like, if you have this serious brand with this, you know, fierce looking shark, like, Hey, I'm going to go completely 180 and do this really fun, you know, different thing. So it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I enjoy that aspect of these, these alternate brands for sure. Um, you know, you mentioned you, you know, you could send me a, uh, an ice cream helmet. I actually will be able to grab one of those ice cream helmets myself at the time of this recording. I'm, uh, you know, about a week and a half from a, Labor Day trip to Florida, where uh, I anticipate ex experiencing at least one, maybe two ice cream helmets while uh, while I'm in clear water there. So uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to the ballpark for for the first time uh, over Labor Day, which will complete the circuit for me for the Phillies minor league ballparks. I will have gotten to all the, all four Phillies minor league affiliates after I get to Clearwater in, in about a week and a half. Outstanding. We look forward to to having you out here and and showing you around and and definitely look forward to hosting. 
Well, I, I look forward to raiding the team store and uh, coming home with a lot of plastic things that have the Thresher's <laughs> logo on them because uh, you know they will they will be prominently featured on the on the wall behind me and on the shelf out there. So, Jason, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, to talk about the Thresher's branding and uh, look forward to getting to a ballpark. And I'll I'll come knock on the press box door and say a quick hello if that's all right when I'm there. No, no, definitely. Look look me up when you get here, and I'll I'm glad to to show you around and chat. Jason, where can people find you? Where can people find the Clearwater Threshers on uh, on social media? I am uh, Thresher GM Jason on Twitter. So I, I recently kind of launched that. Uh, we're at threshersbaseball.com. Um, at Threshers on uh, our handles for Threshers Baseball on Facebook and Instagram as well. Fantastic. I just found you and followed you here on, uh, on Twitter and look forward to meeting you in awesome. person in about a week and a half. Jason, thank you so much. All right, Paul, thank you. You, you're, you might have just doubled my uh, followers, and I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Paul. We'll see you soon. All right, everyone. I am so pleased to welcome back to the show friend of Baseball by Design, Jason Klein of Brandios. Jason, it's the off-season well, yeah, it's, it's the offseason for minor league baseball, major league baseball playoffs at the time of this recording are still going on. My Phillies are still at the time of this recording involved, which is relevant. let's go fightings. Let's do it. Let's go fightings. That is a, an interesting point to me, because as a Phillies fan, I am <laughs> hyper aware of the fact that Brandios is responsible for all four brands of yes. the Phillies affiliates. So, yes, you love the Phillies, obviously. So how come you love the Phillies so much? <laughs> I mean, they're great to us. I am super, super stoked to talk about Clearwater. It was like one of the first, it was the, the kickoff project that really, um, I mean, so many creative milestones, so many retail milestones in terms of like merchandise sales. And it was just, uh, you know, we, we, we did TV ads for them for 10 years, I think, flying down every year to Clearwater, right, you know, to produce TV ads. So I've, uh, it's, uh, it is an, is like the OG Brandios uh, team. It is a beautiful ballpark. Uh, yeah. The beaches are really great there. I just had my first Clearwater Threshers, Clearwater Threshers, excuse me, this past summer. Got to a game there. The team store was just a freaking landmine for me. I probably dropped. It's you know, so good. Oh my! There's so much between between my Phillies and the yeah. uh, you know and the Threshers, obviously. I know that you like to go immerse yourself in the culture at these places where you go and you do these things. Uh, did you and Casey go swimming with sharks when you decided to do the Threshers logo? We did. We did. And it was actually like one of the first projects where I just felt like it was really, we were starting off early. We had just graduated college. And I thought, I've never been to Florida. I don't know. Like I can sort of give a California version of like the beach, but like this seems really like a disservice to the community, to the fans. Like I want to like really spend time with the, you know, the fans, the, you know, the, the team. So we packed our bags and we got on a plane and we flew down there. And I remember, you know, they had just run a name, the team contest and they had you know, like names like the sand sharks and the beach dogs. And I was just like, ah, they're all kind of like uh, what we'd now call tastefully dull. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, just, I, I don't know. didn't do anything for you. Yeah. And, um, and this is pre, Iron Pigs naming and yeah. Chihuahuas and, mm -hmm. you know, that, that sort of uh, approach. Um, so we walked down to the docks and we started talking to the locals and like, oh, tell us about like, you know, what are you pulling out of the water? And they're like, oh, you know, this and that. And they talked about the thresher shark, which has the longest tail in the shark family. And what it does is when it wants to go in for a kill, it like slaps the prey with its tail and like stuns it. 
and then it like goes in for the kill. And we're like, oh man, we could build an awesome story around this. And so um, we started, there was a lot of things that we tried new. Um, you know, one of the ideas was, you know, if you think about the Jaws theme, like the Jaws movie works because it's the music. It's not about the shark. It's about not seeing the shark. Yeah. And so Casey had this idea. like, what if we had like a, a life preserver, like a shark bite taken out of it, right? So you don't even see the shark. It's like our equivalent of the Jaws theme. Um, another idea we had that had never been done before was a batting uh, logo and a fielding logo. Mm -hmm. So the batting practice jersey, the batting helmet had the shark you know, holding the bat. The fielding logo had the shark chasing the ball. Um, and up at that, that point, there was a lot of letters on minor league caps, you know, mm -hmm. even like, even if you had like a mascot or a character or some sort of hero on it, it still was like a letter. And I remember thinking Casey and I really were at the point where we were trying to get clubs into what we call the Brandios seven figure club. Mm -hmm. And the Brandios seven figure club is where a team has done like a million dollars in retail sales their first year. Um, and, and we do, I mean, obviously the things we can't control who the retail manager is, you know, the size of the team store, you know, what product mix, but everything that we can control, we're always trying to get them into the Brandio seven figure club. And so, um, one of the things that we realized was to do that, we had to sell merchandise in bulk in volume. And to do that, we needed little league teams to adopt that. So when little league teams get to choose what kind of like, you know, team, again, it could be the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, whoever, but they also could be minor league baseball teams. And if we had a C on there, you would have a team in, you know, San Francisco, a little league team being like, oh, the Thresher Shark, we could be the Threshers. Ah, there's a C on it. <laughs> like, and now we have to have this like internal, like, you know, reconciliation about like, why does it have a C on it? We're in San Francisco. Or we're in Seattle, we're in San Diego, or we're, you know, in Miami, anywhere, right? Anywhere there's sharks, or you maybe you're just in Wichita and you want to be the Threshers. So we made a very conscious decision. It was the first time we did this. We are not going to put letters on caps because mm. we just can't sell it nationally. Mm. Um, and so that was the that was like one of the first things that happened. Um, and we built out, you know, obviously the you know the shark primary logo chasing. The, you know, the ball. Um, we also had this idea of expanding the story. Um, we were really using Disney style storytelling in how we thought about this. And, you know, that we have a logo, it's a hurricane sweat palm tree that really it's in the colors. It reinforces the story. Um, and it, a funny story is when we were coming up with colors, right? So we're down there, the ballpark is, uh, I think under construction and, when the ballpark was under construction, the, the ballpark, for those who are not familiar, is the Philly Spring Training Home. And so um, the colors that were chosen for the architecture were uh, Phillies-inspired uh, Florida colors, right? So it wasn't like exactly like Phillies blue. It wasn't like royal blue. It was like a smoky blue, right? Or it was like, you know, it wasn't white. The buildings were like sand color, right? So it was sort of like Phillies you know, Florida colors, if you will. And so we were thinking to ourselves, oh, well, what if we took the colors from the ballpark and we embraced them and made them the, the team colors? So you had obviously Philly red because all the Phillies teams have to have, you know, red socks because of the, you know, the Phillies um, uniforms. So we had Phillies red and they were like, oh, let's instead of doing like royal blue, like the Phillies, let's do like a smoky blue, right? Shark, shark kind of blue. And let's do like um, 
you know, instead of, you know, we'll throw in some peach in there because um, it's Florida. And then, you know, we thought like instead of like doing like a, a white Phillies uniforms, let's do sand uniforms and it'll look like the ballpark. And I remember we, we were told a story that the owner, David Montgomery at the time, came down and like lost his mind because <laughs> he's like, why did you guys paint our spring training home the color of your single a team <laughs> and they're like no, no 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 what are you talking about they're like why do they paint the ballpark to look like our minor league team we're the we're come down here for spring training and they yeah. didn't realize it was the actually the opposite had happened right. and you know had chosen the colors of the uh, ballpark well i went and grabbed it while you were talking here this is the hat I yeah there it is and the great thing about this was I honestly spent about 20 minutes in the team store because there were so many options, so many things to choose from between the Philly spring training and the, and the threshers. I went with a uh, two-tone red and blue cap with the shark chasing the ball logo, yep. fielding uh, logo. the the fielding logo. Absolutely. And so I saw the, you know, the different logos down there. And, and I think you and I even talked about this when I wrote the article for sportslogos.net about this team, but I didn't realize that you had had actually done that, right? Like that, that was why there were two different, versions of that logo yeah understanding i mean i understand that the, they play at the philly spring training facility is the is the relationship to the parent club more important with this team than it has been with other projects that you've worked on it has it has and and it's um you know the it's funny i remember i was talking with john timberlake who's the director of florida operations and the you know sort of the the ringmaster down there if you will and um, he told me, um, you know, one of the things that we, one of the reasons that we did this rebrand was everybody felt like Clearwater, they're the Clearwater Phillies beforehand, they're building this new ballpark, they were going to go in and, and, you know, into this new ballpark, everybody felt like Clearwater deserved its own hometown team identity. And that was really why we were there. And he told me, probably 15 years later, they're at like a street fair, and they got like a pop up tent. And they had um, half of the tent was Philly stuff and half the stuff was uh, Thresher stuff. Mm -hmm. And a guy walks up and he's wearing like a Tampa Bay Rays, uh, you know, gear head to toe. And he goes, uh, he looks over and there's like two pocket schedules. There's like a Philly schedule and there's a Thresher schedule. And he goes, I'll take a Thresher's schedule any day i love the threshers but i hate the phillies and i was like man that's it that yeah. was the whole thing that's what we were going for like that yeah. was that's it is here is race fan who like loves like he just he like was like visually like ugh, like for, <laughs> for the phillies and just had the warmest heartwarming feeling for the threshers yeah and the threshers you know when we launched the brand, we really, you know, Mike Schmidt was coming on that first year as the, as the, the skipper, as we call them. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, like, how do we launch this brand? And they had a bunch of billboards. And so we had convinced John, I was like, John, we should, um, we should do a billboard that has a shark silhouette. Like, you know, like it's like, you know, sort of like in the deep depth of, and it should say in our font, clear water beaches are no longer safe. He was like, oh man, I don't know. That's a big one. I was like, we're gonna put our we're gonna put our logo. It's like, John, we haven't even veiled yet. Let's just like do like let's just do a tease. Yeah. And so we had like nine billboards around all of Clearwater. And it said Clearwater beaches are no longer safe. That's all it said. And they had like a shark silhouette. And all of a sudden, like the board of tourism starts calling Viacom and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like they're like, what's going on? They're like, and they wanted to know who the author was, like who, you know, who had paid for these billboards. 
and Viacom was great. They're like, we can't, we're not allowed to like, I can't let you know who that was. <laughs> and so John called me, say, John, they're, they're panicking. And Jason, they're panicking. What do we do? I was like, well, how much longer left do we have the unveiling? And he's like, two weeks. And I was like, I got another billboard we're going to do. Um, and the next billboard that came was the same look, you know, silhouette of a, of a thresher shark, you know, sort of in the water. And it said more than 70 attacks this season. <laughs> And like it like created hysteria, but yeah. what it did was it got all of Tampa Bay leaning in and talking about them. And you know, when we unveiled the logo, it was I think it said more than 70 attacks a season, then it had the Clearwater Threshers or Threshersbaseball.com. Mm-hmm. And it was everybody was 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 leaned in. We had like um a, 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 a news magazine called the Fish Wrap. Um, we had all the business cards had shark bites taken out of the side. Nice. So instantly when you get the business card it says like hey we're in the fun business um there's just so many so many fun little things like that you know we had a we sent uh season ticket mailers in a plastic bottle like that was the idea is like you know you put a cork in a in a plastic bottle and you could ship it in the mail like it was like you know a message out to sea there's just so much of that fun stuff it's interesting though because I mean you have all these sort of fun ideas and very minor leaguey, but the logo itself is fairly serious, right? Like yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a yeah, serious yeah. shark. It's not cartoony, right? Like it's a more yeah. serious shark. So to sort of take that more serious brand and and to do, you know, to do all that fun stuff is yeah. uh, is, is great. <laughs> the billboards. I was laughing at the billboard story because I've you, you've told me that before, like when I, when we talked for sports logos. And I just think that that's great. I love that people were freaking out about the, you know, about attacks, shark attacks coming to to clear water. Yeah. Uh, how do you, I mean, that's kind of the question is like, what do you, how can we create tension, right? How can you get people, you know, they don't have million dollar ad budgets at the minor league level. How do you get people to lean in? How do you create tension? And how do we use this thing, this, this vehicle, if you will, to reinforce whatever we're trying to do, it's launching a brand, all you can eat night, you know, what is the vehicle? And then how do we use it to sort of communicate our story? Absolutely. Once it was unveiled, how did folks like it? Man, I loved it. It was so fun. It took about a year and a half to get into the, the, seven, the uh, seven figure club, mm. um, but they did it. It was our first, first team to get in the seven figure club for retail sales. They did eight times, you know, what they did as the, you know, the Phillies, yeah. you know, the Clearwater Phillies to the th- Clearwater Threshers. And so it was, it was great. It was, yeah. we got a, you know, we got a, a soft spot in our heart for um, the Clearwater family. They're just, you know, life, lifelong friends. I love this logo. Had an awesome, I mean, this brand was such a fun part of the experience when I was there at the game. And so I get to talk to you about all these logos that we feature of yours on this podcast, which I, if I haven't said it, you know, enough. I so appreciate you taking the time to to talk about all of this with yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's so, so much fun. fun to get to talk to you. And once again, thank you so much for taking that time. And uh, well, I'll mention it. I also don't mention this every single time. You're on all the socials at Brandios. You've got that great brand synergy going on. But uh, yeah, uh, Jason, I look forward to speaking to you again uh, in the not too distant future. We've got a couple more coming up. We're going to have you on to talk about the Lakewood Blue Claws in a week or two here. So that'll be fun. And then uh, this one, I haven't even mentioned to you yet. We're gonna, I'm doing a, an episode on the Shuckers. So we'll talk some Shuckers later on as well. Awesome. Awesome. I'm super stoked. <laughs> Jason, thank you as always. I super appreciate it. We will talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, everyone, welcome back. 
This is more of a uh, of an interlude than it is uh, an actual segment. An interlude interview. It's an interlude interview. I'm here in Clearwater, Florida with Ranger Amy Burnett, Baseball by Design Wildlife Correspondent Ranger Amy Burnett. We're not going to be talking to Ranger Amy about sharks, though. We're talking about the ballpark experience because here we are in Clearwater. Ranger Amy, what do you think of this ballpark? I love it. This is an amazing ballpark. It really reminds me of spring training, but I guess that's because it's the Philly spring training venue. It is indeed a spring training oh, facility. Not only is it a beautiful ballpark, though, it is replete with touches of Philly. Neat. We got some Delco yes. cheesesteaks. There are two places yeah. where you can get Delco cheesesteaks. You are so happy. Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, and right here in Clearwater. And so Delco, by the way, for the uninitiated, means Delaware County. It's where I grew up. I grew up in Delco. But not in Delaware. Not in Delaware. It's Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. We've got ads for Wawa. On yeah, the... I'm staring at this bright yellow and red Wawa ad. On it, the, and it's, I feel like you're home in Philly. It is glorious. Yeah. And, uh, and we are drinking some souvenir beers with the Thresher's logo on one side and Yay. the Philly's logo on the other side. And we're drinking some Yinglings. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful ballpark. It is uh, a thrill to be able to oh shot by wow. the mighty muscles for a single here to lead off the top of the fourth. I hate to say it. I think the mighty muscles are really living up to their name. So we're here. <laughs> we're just checking in. This is us just checking in from Clearwater, enjoying the ballpark. We There's, wish you were all here. Wouldn't we that wish, be fun? Well, how great would it be if all of the listeners of this podcast were here in section 113 yeah. with us at the Clearwater Threshers game? We got palm trees, we got yingling beer. We have not yet gone for our ice cream helmets, but they've got powder blue ice cream helmets with the Thresher Shark logo on them. Oh my gosh. We'll I be getting that. those. Yeah. So anyway, just, just a quick interlude just to say, what a beautiful ballpark. It is Philly South I'm for sure. It. There's a little breeze going. There's some palm trees in the distance. All right. Well, back to the uh, regularly scheduled podcast episode. All right, everyone, welcome back. I am so pleased to be joined for the first time on this podcast by shark enthusiast, Carrie Burnett. Carrie, hello, how are you doing? Fine, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. This is, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Not only are you deeply knowledgeable about sharks in general, but you uh, you have the notable credential of being the sister of Baseball by Design's wildlife correspondent, Ranger Amy Burnett. So <laughs> this is this is the first sibling uh, pairing that we've had on the on the podcast before. How did you become interested in sharks? Probably the same way everyone else has become interested in sharks, and that is with the Jaws movie, of oh, course. Yeah. Um, those of us of a certain age, I guess. Um, it was a, a forbidden movie. I was too young. I wasn't supposed to watch it. But I snuck downstairs when everybody was asleep because it was on the air at like 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night. And um, I got busted because I screamed a few times and they they (laughs) caught me watching the show. Jaws famously features a uh, robot great white shark, basically like a mechanical great white shark, which at the time was pretty good. Uh, You know, I'm not sure. Have you seen it recently? How does it stand up recently? You know, if you were to watch it today, it would look so fake. But at the time... It was very real. The mechanical shark in the movie Jaws um, had a lot of problems. It, it didn't work half the time. Right. And if you know the behind the scenes of Jaws, the shark, um, it, it really didn't work. So yeah. that opening scene with the woman, um, she was supposed to be um, 
being eaten by the shark. Well, the shark didn't work the day of filming. So they decided <laughs> to tie ropes around her and people were underwater pulling the woman back and oh. forth. And it made it look like she was being attacked by a shark. And that created an actually um, more fearful scene because it was using your imagination and not a fake looking mechanical shark. We haven't even gotten into the Clearwater Threshers yet, and uh, we're learning all sorts of lessons here. The interesting thing about that, obviously, it's a great white shark. It was huge in Jaws. I mean, it was it was fear-inspiring because it's, you know, one of the greatest predators ever to live. And the Thresher shark, I think, is not necessarily that. So Amy and I were just at the uh, Clearwater Threshers at the time of this recording. It was just this past weekend. And, you know, the logo is this great Thresher shark with this very long tail, not necessarily, I, well, you can maybe correct me here, not necessarily the most imposing, scary shark that there is out there. What is it that that makes a thresher shark distinct from the other sharks? Um, definitely the long tail that I think the thresher shark is probably the most recognizable shark of all because mm -hmm. of its very long tail. So it has um, the upper lobe of the tail fin, which is called the caudal fin, is at least half the length of the body. So they can grow up to 15 or 20 feet. So the tail alone could be seven to 10 feet Whoa. easily, just the tail. All right. All right. Um, and, and so you the have to be careful if you, if you, I have caught thresher sharks and in the water, they look like a snake because they're just, they're, that tail just slithers through the water. But if you get a shark um, on board and that tail could cut you open. So don't, um, think that they're completely harmless, but they do have a, a little mouth compared okay. to their body. Uh -huh. um, they have big eyes and a little mouth. They've got this cute little face. They look like a, they kind of look like a cabbage patch kid. And they have this expression on their face. Like they just did something really embarrassing and they hope nobody <laughs> noticed. So to have this like paranoid look on their face all the time and it's frozen, they probably should be used more in memes. You know, the, the, the face you make when yeah. <laughs> it, they'd be perfect for that kind of a thing. Well, in the logo, they look, I mean, they, Brandios definitely accentuated the sort of sleekness and the the speed, I think, maybe of the Thresher Shark. I mean, this is, it's not, like you say, big, muscular, full of scary teeth. It's more sort of angular and it's going to, it's going to whip you with its tail rather than, you know, shred you to pieces. So I'm curious, you know, if you're going to use a Thresher Shark as a mascot for a team, Perhaps it has certain qualities that would make it a good athlete, specifically in this case, a baseball player. Is there something about the thresher shark that uh, that you feel would you know make it a, a specifically good at baseball or good at sports in general? Well, for the for the sports in general, I would say maybe people don't know that the thresher shark can jump. It can use its tail to propel it through the water so forcefully it can jump clear out of the water. All right. See what I did there? Clear uh, out of the water. Uh, clear water. You were throwing your hand up in the air as you were saying, clear out of the water, because we're talking about the clear water threshers. I right. do see so what they, you did they there. Can, <laughs> they can jump clear out of the water. And um, so uh, I was thinking about this. So, I mean, obviously they have this whip-like tail. Um, and, and actually what the tail is used for is that's how they that's how they have evolved um, this evolutionary strategy, strategy to compete for food, because a lot of sharks also eat fish. So their advantage is they they tilt their body forward and they they use their tail like a trebuchet to stun their prey. So when the prey is stunned, then they can eat the fish. So 
they have uh, recorded the speed of the thresher shark's tail to be approximately 80 miles an hour. It can whip its tail about 80 miles an hour. Well, um, do you know the average swing of a batter? Do you know how fast a batter would swing a bat? Exit velocity has been like a big deal in, with like the the stat people in baseball. And so I actually do know that the average exit velocity of a baseball, a baseball being hit is 95 miles an hour. And the average swing in the major league level, the average swing of a bat is between 65 and 85, usually around 70 miles an hour. So the thresher shark you're saying is swinging its tail faster than a major league baseball player. Most major league baseball players are swinging their bat. Right, right. So I mean, I, I, that's the that's the highest speed recorded. So wow. you're gonna you you would expect that if some if a thresher shark's in the major leagues, probably at the upper end of that. So if you extrapolate that formula out to thresher shark terms, that would mean that that would give us a ball speed of 108 miles an hour. Whoa! So, so I think it'd be a pretty good hitter. I think the thresher shark, yeah, is going to be a pretty good power hitter. That's a that's a great stat. This is the the sabermetrics guys are going to love this stat about the thresher sharks. So, so it's a good jumper. I, I'm starting to feel really good about the thresher shark now as a as a mascot. Yeah, um, I imagine it would be pretty pretty good at stealing bases as quick as it can swim. This does bring up the point. I mean, there every shark. I mean, sharks are so fascinating, right? Like, and I loved fish when I was little. I loved sharks. I mean, I had that that period as well. They're incredibly fascinating animals, and there's all these different varieties of them. Uh, across the state from Clearwater, you've got the uh, Jupiter hammerheads. I've always thought hammerheads were a little bit goofy looking. I don't know that they would, like, they can't really see. I don't know that a hammerhead's going to make a good baseball player. Um, they do look goofy, but as a matter of fact, they have the best eyesight of all sharks because their eyes are on either side of their head, and they can oh. see almost 360 degrees. So hmm. they, they look Goofy, but they're uh, they, that's uh, one of their advantages. All right, I actually didn't know that. I for some reason had it in my head that they were they were not good visually. It does bring up the point though. There's all these different kinds of sharks out there. Do, are there any other sharks out there that you know that we're we're not using for mascots in baseball that we should be? What are the what are the sharks that would be the best baseball players out there? I'm not sure um, if great white is taken. Tiger, bull shark. I don't think any of those are taken. I can't think of. There's a team in um, Australia called the Adelaide Bite. They they they've got a mascot that's just a, a letter with a bite taken out of it by a shark. There were the um, in uh, outside of Philadelphia where I grew up. There was the Camden River Sharks for a little while. Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? A river shark? Or did they just put two words yes, together? Yes, bull sharks have been known to um, go up estuaries and into rivers. So a bull shark can survive in freshwater. I've heard stories of them going up the Mississippi River. Well, so this is Philadelphia. That's right by the Atlantic. Do bull sharks get as far north as uh, as the mid-Atlantic there, the Philadelphia yeah. region? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, another reason well, to stay out of probably, the rivers. One of the mascots that isn't used that probably should be would be the megalodon shark. <gasps> and there's nothing more intimidating than that. It's enormous. The megalodon, that's that's different from the one that these terrible movies, the Meg, are based no, on. No, that's the same thing. Yeah, oh, that's it's the, the same, same thing. thing. Okay. Okay. Well, that would be great. That would be a great mascot. Just a gigantic shark as big as a house. That would be that would be fun. There is another baseball connection with sharks. And 
I, I know that your family is very musical. I know that you in particular are very musical. You're the first person that I've ever interviewed on this podcast who showed up with a microphone that is very clearly for singing uh, <laughs> rather than for, uh, you know, for for podcasting. So clear. And you're even holding it like you're about to start singing here. The Washington Nationals a few years back adopted the song Baby Shark uh, when one of their players, uh, Gerardo Parra, made it his walk-up song during a particularly successful season for that team. And so I'm curious to know, on on the way out of here, can we ask you to give us one line, one verse of Baby Shark? All right. Baby shark, do-do-do-do-do-do. Baby shark, do-do-do-do-do. Baby shark, do-do-do-do-do. Baby shark. And then it goes on to say, is it mommy shark, daddy shark? I think so. But it really should be daddy shark, mommy shark, because female sharks are bigger. So they'd get progressively bigger. That is a great tip on that song. Then are there are like grandparent. I think this, I think it goes on and on members. and on and on and on and on. Yeah, it does. It does. It, that's actually what that song does exactly. Yeah, Carrie. I used to I used to direct a children's choir with uh with a music teacher, and uh, just just to irritate her, I would I would teach all the kids how to sing the baby shark song because she hated it. And uh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Can't wait to explore some shark-based baseball with you in person someday. Uh, we have never met. I just met your sister and your mom for the first time, so I, I anticipate that you and I will meet in person someday. In the meantime, thanks for coming on the podcast. Sounds great. Thanks, Paul. It's been fun. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Dan Simon is here with a Studio Simon Stumper. Dan Simon of the design firm Studio Simon, one of the top designers in the field, one of the the most respected and well-established designers in all of minor league baseball. And it's so much fun that I get to talk to you every single week for Studio Simon Stumpers. This is uh, one of my favorite times of the week, getting to chat with you about, uh, about the work that you do and the work that others do out there in minor league baseball. So I'll ask you as I do every week. Dan, how are you? I am fabulously fantastic. Thank oh, you. This is good. This is alliterative, and we've got an <laughs> adverb to go with our adjective once again. We are talking about the Clearwater Threshers, who I cheekily sometimes will call the Clearwater Threshers. The Clearwater Threshers play at uh, the ballpark where the Phillies have their spring training. I very recently got to go to my very first Threshers home game, and so that was a lot of fun. It was like... They they doubled down on the filliness of uh, of the ballpark there, so it was a it was a fun experience for me being surrounded by all that Phillies paraphernalia at a minor league baseball game. Well, speaking of doubling down on the filliness, um, it's it has been established that that Bryce Harper has done the same. He has mm-hmm. really embraced being a Philly. He it was like from the start, and it only continues to grow. And when you mention the pronunciation of Clearwater as Clearwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, it seems like it was several spring trainings ago, um, seeing a photo of Bryce Harper with a shirt during spring training that said Clearwater, spelled mm-hmm. how, however you would spell water instead yep. of water. I, you you got to love Bryce Harper. You, you know, do. Somebody who's, he, he's, he is really, um, like I said, he's embraced Philadelphia mm-hmm. and and he's also he's also really raised his game he's yeah. he has become the 
I, I think he 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 was considered by some overrated. Um, but the way he's been playing, I don't know that he's overrated anymore. No. He is a legitimate superstar. He is. He is uh, a joy to watch as a Phillies fan. I remember when he was on the Nationals, just thinking. I just wish he were on my team, right? Like you want to hate him, but you can't because you just want him on on your team. I feel that way right now about Ronald Acuna. I want to really dislike Ronald Acuna because he's a brave, but he's just so much fun to watch. And I just, I don't hate him. I just wish he were playing for the Phillies instead of the Braves. And so Bryce Harper, yeah, has had so many signature moments and has done such a good job of just embracing Philadelphia and you know the fanatic and the fans and he listens to the sports right he talks about he was on an interview the other day uh talking about how you know he hit a home run for like some caller to wip the the radio you know the phillies radio station there and so yeah he's uh he's a joy to watch and i have watched his home run against the padres that put the phillies in the world series last year maybe a thousand times on uh on youtube because that's uh that was that's the signature moment of the last decade for the Phillies right there is Bryce Harper putting the Phillies in the World Series after their unexpected run in the playoffs last year. Yeah, that was I would I would put that up there with one of the most memorable moments ever in a baseball game I've watched. Um it's number 1 for me was is and always will be Kirk Gibson's home run in the 1988 World Series. That is the greatest moment, not just in baseball, but in sports. Mm. Um, but I will say, and I've watched a lot of baseball games in my in my life, um, that home run that he hit was, Bryce Harper we're talking about, um, was so dramatic. Talk about coming through big in the clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, and the fans, their reaction to it, it was like my whole TV was rocking. <laughs> the, the the fans' joy was coming through my TV and rocking my my whole it, living room. So. It was like they didn't know what to do with like their limbs and their body. It was like this just sea of humanity, which I got to experience. And I talked about it. We've we've discussed Anna Di Tommaso's baseball bucket list podcast uh, on this podcast. I got to experience a World Series game, game three last year that the Phillies won seven, nothing. And the just this feeling of not knowing what to do with your body in a moment like that, like you're just, you know, you're hugging people, you're high fiving, you're clapping, you're yelling. And you can see that in, you know, when it's a packed stadium and there are 48,000 people all doing the same thing, like just this joy that can't be contained is you know that that was one of those moments and i actually one of my favorite things about watching the replay is they have all these different angles and you can see the stands in them and you know you can see the the moment he makes contact and everyone realizes like oh my gosh this has a chance to put the phillies ahead in the bottom of the eighth inning and so anyway we got derailed but what a fun derailment right there we're here to talk about the clearwater threshers who have a brand uh, that is based on a, a shark that lives in the gulf of mexico and, and, you know, and have, have a very Phillies-ish brand, but they also have their own unique identity, which is obviously something you and I both support. So let's see, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Sharks. We can talk about Bryce Harper. We can talk about the Fanatic. We can talk about pronunciations of Clearwater, which, by the way, I have that shirt. I have that Clearwater shirt or a version of it that uh, that Bryce Harper had, and I wore it to the game in Clearwater. Where did you get that shirt? Was it available for purchase at the stadium? 
No, my brother and his wife got it for me as a either a birthday present or a Christmas present, uh, and they bought it on the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah. Um, well, there's no surprise here, or it should not be surprising that we are going to talk about sharks in to with regard to today's studio assignment stumper. Um, this isn't the stumper. We're not going to make it a double stumper like we have been doing a little mm -hmm. bit um, in recent stumper rep, um, segments. But I am going to ask you, how many different species of sharks do you think there are in the world? Give give a wild guess. How many? Just like in the, you just throw out a round number. 150. That would be a lot, don't you think? I don't know. The, the biodiversity that exists out there in the world um, I thought I might be coming in low. I thought I was, uh, you know, coming in low without going over. I'm sticking to it, 150. Okay. Well, you did come in low because according to the internet, and I've seen a couple of different numbers, but um, from a number of different sources, they they say there are over 500 different mm. species of sharks in the world. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and now that would give ample opportunity for sharks to be used in um, sports branding, you would think. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, we obviously know there's a hockey team, the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Um, we've got the Jupiter Hammerheads. Mm -hmm. um, and there have been others. So let's talk about some of those others. Okay. We do two truths and a lie here. Okay. Well, it's been a while which, since we've done two truths and a lie. I like this. Well, time to 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 revive it. All right. Which of these shark species was not used as a brand identity for a professional baseball team? Which one was not? Was it A, bull sharks, B, sand sharks, or C, land sharks? <laughs> bull right. sharks? Sand sharks, land sharks. Bull sharks, sand sharks, land sharks. I know that land shark is a beer brewed in St. Louis of all places. Bull sharks, I've heard from people who know about sharks, are the scariest of sharks. Like if you could, if you had to choose between swimming with a bull shark and swimming with a great white, you would choose the great white because bull sharks are apparently the most aggressive. So I feel like that one wants to be a sports brand. Sand sharks are notoriously docile, I think. I don't think a sand shark is is a really scary mascot. Not that a mascot has to be scary. I was hoping you were going to say river sharks because uh, I grew up, well, I grew up not too far from Camden and uh, the Camden River Sharks in New Jersey were an independent professional team for a little while. So I don't know the answer to this. I think bull sharks has to be a mascot out there somewhere just because they're the most aggressive. And that would be one that you would, I could see being a sports mascot. <laughs> Land shark. Wasn't that also a Saturday Night Live sketch where there was an encyclopedia salesman who was knocking at the door and she, there was the woman behind the door is like, you're, you're trying to sell me encyclopedias. And he's like, no, I'm a land shark. And that was from the, you know, like the early days of Saturday Night Live. That was it was so much from the early days of Saturday Night Live that it was the he was not an encyclopedia salesman. He was a land shark <laughs> and it was played by Chevy Chase. And he was only on the first season of Saturday Night Live. Oh. So 
that goes back to whatever that was 1976 i believe okay, okay. 75 maybe so sand sharks are not scary but they are at least a, a real animal so bull sharks are scary sand sharks are real and they probably sort of speak to the place right like where a, or a team might play so sand sharks sound like they could be real Land shark is both a beer and a Saturday Night Live sketch, and so that one feels to me like it's probably the least likely to be a team. So I'm going to say the two truths are bull shark and sand shark, and the lie is land shark. You got one truth right, but wow. not two, because <laughs> well, let's go through these. Okay. Um, the bull sharks was a recent alternate identity by the Durham Bulls. Well, of course. Um, yeah, I thought you would know that one right off. And you did guess that bull sharks was one of the truths, but you didn't mention. No, I wasn't. Bulls, but I wasn't thinking of Durham. I was thinking of like it was probably a team in like Australia or something because they've got lots of scary sharks there. So so bull sharks counts as a truth. Yeah. Um, and land sharks was the name of speaking of the river sharks being an independent team, there was the Mohawk Valley land sharks of the long defunct independent Northeast League. Oh. And if you look them up on the internet, the year founded 1995, year disbanded 1995. <laughs> so uh, long defunct league, short lived team. Um, I actually went to a Mohawk Valley Land Sharks game. It awesome. was on a visit to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the Mohawk Valley area has Little Falls, New York, which is where this team played. They played at Little Falls Veterans Memorial Park. It was in a beautiful setting, um, just mountainous trees and everything beautiful setting but i have seen average high school facilities high school baseball facilities nicer <laughs> than than this one oh, no. this was in a day and age when th there actually used to be an affiliated team that played in little falls As a matter of fact i believe a mets affiliate played there um but back then the standards for for um, minor league facilities, there were no standards. You could play basically anywhere. This was no better than a high school field. You know, regular wooden bleachers, um, and that was it. There were there was no like, it wasn't a stadium. It was just a field with bleachers. Yeah, um, and uh, that probably explains why um, they were founded and disbanded in, in the same season. So, they were founded and disbanded. In the year that I graduated from college, this goes back, Dan, by the way, because Sand Sharks was my initial inclination. And I, I instead of going with the initial inclination, because we told a story uh, about you playing the Immaculate Grid on a recent episode where you didn't go with your initial inclination and then you went with your second inclination and that one turned out to be right. And you said, I'm going to I'm going to forgo telling you to go with your initial inclination from here on out. And I should have gone with my initial inclination because I heard sand sharks and I was just like, well, that's not much of a mascot. And I talked myself out of it because of Saturday Night Live and land shark beer. So, well, uh, and well, let's talk about sand sharks. 
So it was not used as a brand identity for a professional baseball team, but it was and is the brand identity, the name for the University of South Carolina Beaufort Division II athletic program, the USCB Sandsharks. So here's a little did you know, speaking of, of sharks. Sharks vary in size from the politically incorrectly named dwarf lantern shark, mm. which is about the size of an average human hand, to the wow. whale shark, which can get up to close to 40 feet long. Quite a, uh, quite a range in size there in the, in the world of sharks. I'm going to go full hashtag humble brag here. Uh, I got to snorkel with whale sharks in Mexico, and that was a uh, signature moment in my life. That was an incredible experience. The whale sharks are graceful and beautiful and amazing, and they eat plankton, which is why they're called whale sharks. They are a species of shark, but they're called whale sharks because they eat plankton. Could you estimate how long the particular whale sharks they swung swam amongst? They they told us that this was uh, that they were about you know thirty something so they were they were pretty long, and if you got ahead of it, they would sort and you could swim alongside them. If you got ahead of it, they're pushing the water right because they're so big they're pushing the water and it was you just glided along, but if you got behind it, the water coming off them was impossible even with the fins you know the snorkel fins it was impossible to keep up with them because there was so much water coming off them that it just sort of pushed you back so you know it sort of it sort of took a couple of times to to make it work and then but then once you do holy smokes what an experience i'm i'm just amazed by large animals of any kind and right. you know like the blue whale i believe is the largest whale and the it's just hard to believe that there is a living being on earth that's that big but there they are. It's incredible. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the buffalo bisons, and they're the largest land mammal, the, the, the largest land mammal in North America, I should okay, say. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. have you seen an elephant? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I have seen an elephant, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week on Studio Simon Stumpers. I hope you have a great rest of the week. You too. See you in seven.